another episode of Santa Vest. It's Alana. Lauren. And we were on a bit of a hiatus for a bit um, due to some things going on in my personal life. Uh, I'll talk about it more in my solo episode, but I am pregnant. <laughs> so it was just like adjusting to being pregnant and getting through the first um, last few weeks of the first trimester and all of that stuff. But we are back with some more episodes that we're excited to um, share with you guys. Do you have a question to start us off? I do have a question, y'all. And I thought about this question this morning since we're talking about... It doesn't... It kind of goes hand in hand with the topic, but then it kind of doesn't, I feel like. But my question is... And this is someone who's not attracted to men. I'll start off by putting that disclaimer out. And I guess this is more towards like a question for you. Mm-hmm. But do you think when it comes to the relationships between men and women... Do you think women would still pursue men in the same way if sex was not on the table? What do you mean? I mean, like, let's just say men were not able to meet women's needs in that way. At all. I don't even think sex is why women choose to be. And I'm like, not saying, like I'm not there, saying but I, uh, I think it's more so of a conditioning like men were the ones who made most of the money so like obviously like mm-hmm. provision and protection and all that stuff i think that's a question for the reverse actually <laughs> that's a question for a man um like if sex was something that was not on the table or your wife became incapacitated could not have mm-hmm. sex with you would you still think marriage is worth it or just having i guess the underlying question is the how do people feel about people beyond what I guess is a general thing in like attraction? Yeah, like sex. Mm-hmm. I think like people have got to understand that. I think for women, it's a bit more complicated um, than it's for men. <laughs> I think most women, like if it didn't have to do with attraction, I think most women would look at other characteristics that have to do with a man. Like, is he hardworking? Is he loving? Is he family oriented? Etc. I think women would still want to be with men if, like, attraction sex was not the number one thing on the list. I think, like, if it were the opposite way, I don't think it would happen <laughs> that way if we were asking a man this. Um, I do think women have a tendency to think that, like, the outside exterior of a man trumps his internal characteristics, which mm-hmm. can lead to a lot of issues down the, down the line. But I think... I think that the question of, like, why are modern women attracted to men still? Because, like, I think women have progressed in a way. Like, most women work. Most women are. A lot of women in the black community are the breadwinner. A lot of women, no offense, are more financially savvy than mm-hmm. their male partners. Um, so that is a great question. Like, what does a man offer in today's modern world that a woman could not just Do give her herself? Own. Right. <clears throat> And then, like, most women do, like we talked about support, most of the domestic work in the household. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that's a really good question. And I think it ultimately boils down to conditioning. I don't think it boils down to sex. I think it just, like, it's you just... should have to have a man. Yeah. I think for men, it boils down to that. Um, but I just, like, sometimes I sit and think. And, like, so you, you brought that up. And I saw this TikTok this week of this um, psychiatrist talking about how modern women, modern straight women need to mourn. The loss of the loss of excuse me, good male counterparts because it's not a lot. It's not a lot. 
And I'm not saying there are a lot of great female counterparts because they're yeah. like everybody I think has their issues they've got to work through and be willing to work through them and acknowledge them. But a lot of women are like, I can just do this by myself. Like, why would I need another child? Because a lot of women are married to men children, and I you see it every single day. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think in some of the relationships that you've seen between straight couples, do you feel as if if it wasn't conditioning for women of like you need a man, would they still be together? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I, I say this from the perspective of someone who loves learning people and I do love women. So it's just knowing that women are just very curious people. And I'm not saying that men aren't because I'm sure they have their own curiosity too. But I just feel like when it comes to women, it's kind of like, you have to either fit in this box or you're doing this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. And I don't think a lot of women have... <clears throat> I don't think a lot of women have felt 100% comfortable in exploring who they are to a T. I feel like a lot of... And this is just my experiences with just interacting with, with different women in my life at different points in my life. I feel like a lot of women feel like they have to do this and this and this because they are a woman instead of exploring all the facets of themselves yes. be more. Mm-hmm. like oh I have to do this career or I have to do present myself this way because then I will be considered my, I get what you're saying yes because it's all about the male gaze yes. and keeping the male gaze I get what you're saying so you're like are you really you or are you a version of you that has been produced because of male gaze yes I think it's, it's just it's a very interesting like I don't want to say study, <laughs> but it's just a very interesting observation. Yeah. Like, if I did go back to school, I think definitely I would have, like, a lot of pieces that I want to do. But that's probably even a whole other day. But I just think it, it is just, it's just a very interesting dynamic and perspective on how people view other people from not so much of, like, a societal conditional lens, but just how you are as a person lens. Right. And I feel like when we have these conversations of, like, what a man and woman should be, it's like, do you actually want to know the person or do you want a caricature of what mm-hmm. femininity is? Yeah. And I'm just like, do you actually want to, like... Because I'd argue, I don't think a lot of men want to know the woman outside of just her being, like... For lack of a better word, a Barbie doll. Like, that's mm-hmm. the only best way I could put it together. Like, pretty, polished, accomplished. But, like, who is she really? What are her interests? Mm-hmm. What are her fears? What are her idiosyncrasies? What is something that makes her, like... Who is she really outside of like your perfect little wife? Yes. Who like has sex with you and is great to take out as arm candy for Mm -hmm. events with clients or whatever? Like, who, like, do you actually know who Mm -hmm. she is? That is such an interesting thing. Because I don't like, I don't have like a lot of relationships with men. But I will also say that same thing for men. I feel like some women feel that way. They're like, I don't care what he does as long as he brings money Mm -hmm. home. And um, it's just like, do you actually want to know what his interest? It's just like I feel like we put each other in these like, like you said, two boxes. But I feel like we put each other in these like molds and caricatures. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you actually know who you're with, or do you just want them to fulfill the role of man, quote unquote, or woman? And do you actually know them? And I think that's why it comes down to having conversations and really being honest and upfront about what you're intentional about and what it is you're looking for in that type of dynamic. Yeah. That way everybody's on the same page. Because if that's just what you want, they find with that, then if that's worked for you, that works for y'all. Mm-hmm. But once again, just 
making sure y'all are on the same pages when it comes to certain things because like I said I don't I don't hang around a lot of men and just growing up I did not have like a lot of guy friends either so I've never had like intellectual conversations with men I think that would be very interesting but I just think like the times I have been able to connect with men it's been for it's been conversations I feel like they should not have had with me. It should have been with someone. Their partner. Their part- yes. And, it's and I think like, that's like, because it's like, you have this wall of how you've been taught how to be a man. It's like, mm-hmm. don't let the woman in your life close to you because as soon as you let your guard down and let her into something that's intimate to you, but we're close to you, a few months later, she's going to throw it back in your face. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then she's like, I really think you're a man. And like, it just like, are we actually allowing our partners, especially in straight relationships, to really be... Mm-hmm. honest in themselves or are we just like this is what I expect from you because you're a man this is what I expect from you because you're yeah. a woman and it's just like are you actually digging deeper to know your partner and are you like I don't know like I feel like sometimes you gotta have com- tough conversations of like I don't like this I do like like mm-hmm. and it's just I feel like we are so stuck on and that's why the gender roles conversation is really interesting and baffling to me that it com- it's come up in 2023 because you would think that in tan like i'm like how are we still having a conversation that has been around since the dawn of time literally how are we still having this conversation because we're not progressing into how to be a good partner how to be honest how to have open communication like how are we still like at the first level of the pyramid in the pyramid cycle? i think this goes back to an individual thing like it, it if if we want the world to be better we it starts with ourselves and we have to do that self-evaluation that I feel like a lot of us either don't want to do or just don't, might not have the capacity to do it at that time. And I think people just don't change. Like, how you think, that's hard to restructure. Like, that's mm-hmm. very hard. And re, I don't say rebranding yourself, but, like, doing a lot of reconstruction and with a lot of core beliefs and tearing those down, that's very hard because I work. got through that. So that, not got through it, but I'm still working on that and certain things. So it's very hard to expect for something to change when a mindset has not changed very true yeah i think that's an interesting topic of like wanting to see it's got to be hard to not be honest in like you're really it's just like this is a person you've committed your life to like you should feel hope to have like some type of comfort with them Especially if you've, like, gone through the step of marriage. I'm just, like, mm-hmm. I don't... It's just interesting, because you see... You, when I think about some of the marriages, I know, I'm like, are... Do you actually know each other? Like, <laughs> like, are we just... I don't know. It's not for me. I just feel like you have to... The safe spaces, the... The allowing each other to grow and experience everything, you have to create that. It's not just going to come up because you love somebody or because you you have this type of relationship or this obligation. You have to create these spaces that you want. It's not just going to be given to you. So I feel like a lot of people want these things but don't know how to actually get there, essentially. Right. And to have, like, have tough conversations. That's hard. <laughs> Having difficult conversations is rough, but I feel like it's so, so needed because throughout those difficult conversations, you learn more about the person you're with and you learn people's viewpoints and 
maybe you learn a lot about the whys they think this way and why they yeah. did this. And something I've learned, I've had to learn, is like, if I don't speak up, because I've been taught to bite my tongue a lot growing up, it's like, if I don't speak up, then I sort of dishonor myself. And like, mm-hmm. I'm mad at that person, that person has no clue, it's not fair to them. Mm-hmm. Or like, I'm not even mad at that person, but I just become really emotionally distant because I don't feel like I've, or whatever it is, like, you have to have those difficult conversations and you just have to speak up sometimes because if not, it deteriorates at a relationship and it's just like, could that have been salvaged if you had, if both people had been honest or if the man was like, I don't like this, but you sitting there because you were afraid she had to go upside your head. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, or just like go off or whatever it is, whoever it is, but like, I think one of the things that's really important to teach the next generation is how to communicate your feelings in an effective, mm-hmm. clear, and succinct way. Yes. And um, that's something I'm having to work through, but I just feel like I would want my child to know how to do that because your child needs to be able to talk to you. Like, I I think my approach, I'll talk about this probably in a different episode, but like, I think my approach to parenting is like, I don't, I'm your parent, so you should speak with me with respect, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing you can't talk to me like I genuinely mean there's nothing you cannot talk to me about yeah. and it's just like you can't you you it's not the word I'm use. you hinder your children when you don't allow them to do that growing up and express their feelings and their emotions and they struggle in friendships and they struggle in relationships to do it because they weren't given that safe space to do so growing mm-hmm. up so I feel like it all starts at home and then it like spreads to everything else yeah I agree with you because we I feel like when you like and just just speaking like from you, the older you get and if you do decide to, to have children and stuff sometimes you forget that you were them too like you were in that phase of your life too it's not like we have a whole we have a whole podcast i'm like i'm just like and it's probably because i am pregnant that i'm like how do we expect children to regulate their emotions when adults can't even regulate their emotions yeah. well? Mm-hmm. How do you expect more of a four-year-old than you expect mm-hmm. if it's a 50 Kids are doing better than adults, if yeah. I'm being honest. <laughs> and it's just like, the kid has the right to cry. They're upset. Yeah. Is it, like, should they be able to take no as an answer eventually? Yes. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're crying because they're tired. Why? Like, I, there's so many, like, thoughts I have. I'm like, why do we expect literal children to regulate their emotions the degree that adult can when adults typically can't regulate their emotions yeah. well. Because I think parents, you know, for the most part, they do want their children to be a better version of themselves. But not understanding that that better version is going to call you out in certain ways, too. And show you parts of yourself that you might not have wanted to see. Right. Like, parenthood should be a, a trial. Mm-hmm. Um, or of you being refined. Yes. So, <laughs> it's just like... It's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but it's also one of those things of, like, you have to be open to growing, and I feel like some people, like, it can be a trouble, so. I could do an episode, I think we should do an episode on, like, parenting, parenting, but, like, understanding, like, you cannot, children do not become good versions of themselves in a vacuum. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not something that, like, what you do day to day, like, I heard a quote that really resonated with me. They were like, this is just another day in your life as an adult. Like, this is your child's childhood. Like, that's, mm. it's very different. It's very different. Like, and it puts things into perspective. We're not going to be perfect every day. I know I'm going to mm-hmm. snap at him at some point. I know I'm not going to be the best. Like, I'm not going to be, like, this Barbie separate no. white mom. But I'm just also, like, 
it's his childhood. Like, those are foundational lessons. Those are foundational days. Those are days he's going to remember. We all remember certain days that were not great. Like, your parents probably don't remember, and that's why. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of the adult issues are from our childhood that we still haven't dealt with now. So it just goes exactly. to show, like, you you do have to be more mindful of the words you're speaking to children and that relationship because it does plant a seed of how other relationships are affected or go in heart process essentially in your life. So your child is a very important part of your life, essentially. Yeah. And I know that that's scary to think. Like a, it might be scary from a parent perspective because it's like, you know, you don't want to do the wrong thing. You don't as you do you're the gonna wrong mess But up. you're going to make a mistake. You're not perfect. A but perfect. it's like how you recover from those mistakes and move forward. It's just like, mm-hmm. I'd rather my kids say, I had a great mom who listened to me and is like better herself and like she is she perfect but is she absolutely one of the best moms I know yes and my child would be like she cool like like you know what I'm saying like I don't I would rather I would rather actually do the work mm-hmm. and have a conversations and do all of this stuff to be as best as, as a parent for your child because you have to individualize your parenting for your child and that may change if you have another child, like all of us, like it has to be tailored for each child you have, or the child you you if you only have one, the child you have because I think some people are like, well, this is what my parents did. Well, did it work with you? Why would you think it works with your your own child? There's clearly some type of like I don't get it. I think it's just, and I'm not a parent, but there's no such thing as a perfect relationship but there is such thing as an intentional relationship and a good one and yes. a one that can be used as an example nobody is going to be perfect because none of us are perfect no but could you at least could you at least aim for 100 percent and land in the 90s and be good with it you could yeah like <laughs> but I just yeah, just being honest <laughs> like, like I, I don't know i feel like you also have to be able to take feedback well mm. and I feel like a lot of this is not a parenting episode guys at all but like I, I feel like a lot of people struggle with like taking feedback from children or people that are younger than them mm. and I yes I've, I've picked up on that like and this is, this is something that I've always learned like when I'm interacting with children especially or like just someone who's younger than me you can always learn something about yourself and something of how to apply in a better way because I love how kids are just very direct yeah, they will be. They're not going to sugarcoat it. It is how they, how they feel is what they're going to say. Yeah, Carter and my nephew will be like, I do not want to do that. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's the way he says it that tickles me. But it's like so matter of fact. But it's just like, they'll tell you how they feel and they don't care. Yes. And right. I think there's a balance of like, okay, am I upset that they told me how they, how they feel or I'm upset in the tonality they did it mm-hmm. it's the tone that needs fixing I had yeah. a co-worker talk to me about her daughter and she was like I love the fact that she's not afraid to be like I don't like this mm-hmm. I don't want to do that mama I actually want to do this like she's not afraid she said it's the tone and she's like and I, we're trying she's like we're, she and her husband are trying to figure out how to correct the tone versus trying to stifle mm-hmm. her voice because that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, that's I'd rather hard. have a child who questions things and is not afraid to share their opinions because it's beneficial in life. It's beneficial mm-hmm. in the workplace at, down the line versus trying to undo that as a young adult on your own. Ooh, that's hard. Sort of. <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. It took me years working to figure out, a few years working to figure out how to be like, no, this is dumb. Like, or 
mm-hmm. we shouldn't do this or like to give directives to other people like because I'm like why am I giving a directive I was never able like it's like figuring out how to you're not just parenting your child in my opinion to be and this is coming from somebody who is not parented a child yet but you're not just parenting your child to be I think a lot of kids are parented to be obedient and compliant. Mm-hmm. You're parenting a child who will eventually more than likely become an adult and have to make adult decisions and they cannot look to mom and dad for a nod of approval or, you know, sugarcoat things. Sometimes they're going to have to be a little bit abrasive. Sometimes they're going to have to be more direct. You are not going to always be there to give your nod of approval. They need to be confident within mm-hmm. themselves. Oh. And I agree with you wholeheartedly on that and it's, it is kind of hard of like finding that balance between not telling them they can't speak how they feel, but also doing it in a way that's respectful still. And respectful not, and there's a way to say things, mm-hmm. but also say what you mean. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me too, like where someone has said something to me and it's not what they said, it's how they, they said, said it. And, it and how the words were put together. And I get mm-hmm. that from my mother's perspective. She's a big how you said it person. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely understand that. Like you could say things like... You're, you can express yourself, but mm-hmm. you need to look at the words you're using to express yourself to make sure you're not actually being rude to the person. Mm-hmm. But you can still be direct. Yes. There's a difference between being direct and being rude. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not supposed to be a parenting episode at all, but like... Well, it's a good conversation. But it's just... I think that it's a lot to try and figure out, like, what are you going to take from your parents that, was, that were the good things? Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do that are... Because I'm like, should I be a gentle parent? And I'm just like, I'm reading some of this gentle parenting stuff. And they're like, don't say no. I'm like, okay, you're going to get told no in life. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do that. You're going to get told no in There's life. There's a difference between being a little too... Too gentle. Yes. We're not doing pansy parenting over here. Like, I'm just like, I I feel like it... Maybe we get rid of the labels mm-hmm. and you just figure it out. You know, bitch. Like, it, because it depends on who your child is and their personality. Exactly. Because... I don't have kids well I don't have kids y'all but I I already have like a feeling you know when I do start having children whenever that is if they're anything like me I already know the questions are gonna be coming because I ask a lot of questions and I (laughs) I ask a lot of questions too and it's just like it's like I'm at work I'm always like I'm so sorry I'm asking so many questions like no they're all good questions they're great questions like like, please keep asking them because you make us like think differently and I'm like I just you can't well, it makes me so sad. Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about this. And we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, because he said some ignorant mess recently. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see. Basically, he said, when you call yourself a black scientist or black whatever, you're ghettofying yourself. Huh? Yes. I'm going to hear the why and the how do you Oh, I'll send you the clip because I retweeted the girl who did like a commentary on it. And I'll send you the clip, but he had he said this really interesting thing about being a parent he was like parents have this tendency to like sometimes you gotta go someplace and mm-hmm. you're just like we can't explore and touch the bugs and touch the grass all day we gotta go we're on a walk mm-hmm. but we can't you know there's a balance to be had and I'm sure there are gonna be some days where I probably could have let my son explore a bit more but like it's time to go right. but he was saying you can't parents and sometimes schools suck the creativity suck Mm. the inquisitiveness suck the exploration out of children and Mm -hmm. so he's like he was behind a woman and she's 
person wanted to splash in this puddle. And I'm just like, you know, I don't want to get wet, blah, 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 blah. But like, you take a step back sometimes, you're like, isn't that serious? Can we just go home and take a bath? Yeah. Like, just splash in the puddle with your kids for a few minutes. <laughs> like, especially if you're not, especially if you have on the equipment for it, both of you. It's like, just splash in the puddle and then y'all can go do whatever. But it's just, we, I feel like we have to allow kids to be kids versus like, everything is on my time clock. And I feel like it's very, in, I feel like it's also a very American way of parenting. It is because very American way of parenting. It's just like I feel like as adults we try to like raise our kids to be these good adults and to get a job and to do this and do that. But is that just, a good goal? Like, what I mean by that is like, is that all there is to adulthood? Because I'm like, is this all it is? Is paying bills, no. going to the grocery store, going to work, and going to the gym, and like whatever else you do? Like, is that all? adulthood is no I, I, that's something that i've been like something i've been just very excited about like these last few months of just my life is really like repeating itself and i'm having the opportunity to correct some things that i'm going through again mm-hmm. but this time i'm doing it in a different mindset like from how i was when i was a kid versus now and i'm actually having really a lot of fun with that and right. bring in that creativity like i feel like a lot of feelings are starting to like come back to me that I feel like I haven't felt in a long time so like being a kid is like <laughs> I, I wish that and this is not to not trying to step on anybody's toes but sometimes I do just wish that from like if you are going to be a parent just make sure you are intentional about your child's childhood mm-hmm. and not just being so quick of like oh they gotta get to the next stage I need yes. you to be like because I'm sure I will have moments like that as anybody who is a parent or is going to be a parent will have mm-hmm. moments like that. But it's just like, they will eventually not need you as much. Mm-hmm. And that is the one thing I hear from parents over and over again. It's like, man, I wish you could go back when they were X. Mm-hmm. No why. Because, you know, a 14-year-old isn't going to come up and sit next to you like a 4-year-old Nope. <laughs> and um, they're not going to, like, it's just allow them to have a childhood mm-hmm. this is coming again this is coming from people like we're humans we're gonna make mistakes yes. we're not gonna have every day is gonna be perfect not gonna do that but mm-hmm. it's just like being intentional saying sorry to your child and i apologize mm-hmm. how did that make you feel i was wrong for this how did that make you feel okay mommy daddy we're gonna work on not doing xyz anymore mm-hmm having actual conversations with your children children aren't dumb they're not they can process a lot of stuff but you may have to take it to a different level but they're not dumb no they'll tell you how they feel if they didn't like something like oh i don't want to hug today or you know i don't like macaroni and cheese i don't know like <laughs> it just it just depends but once again just letting your child feel and i know that's hard when a lot of us as adults don't allow ourselves to feel. And a lot of things that we're requiring our children to, like you said earlier, we don't do ourselves. So it's hard to implement certain things or to navigate those spaces when we ourselves sometimes don't have the the tools on how to deal with that. So I feel like, I know it can be like overwhelming, but I think you can learn a lot from, from kids. And I also think it's just finding that balance between like, what is your style of discipline? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not somebody like, like I can't yeah. do that. I've already talked to my partner about that. He's like, he didn't. They didn't speak their son. Yeah. I'm just like, I just. 
I'm trying to do the research on it, and the research that I'm seeing is like it's either negative, it's a net negative, mm-hmm. or a net neutral. It is never positive. You'll never use positive results to spank a child. Yeah. According to child <laughs> psychologists, it mm-hmm. does not do anything positive for them. And it's just like, how much, how would we be better as individuals in certain areas of our lives as adults or young adults? if we had received a little less spankings and a little bit more conversation or another form of punishment mm-hmm. or something that was like something I've considered as like okay you're a teenager like, obviously I'm not spanking a teenager at all but like okay you don't want to do that or like you, you're in trouble watch your write an essay like <laughs> write an essay do that because I feel like sometimes you have to like do something else that's going to get through your child they're gonna be mad, but they're gonna mm-hmm. be sitting there with that essay <laughs> and, and making them think about why they did what they did. And I went at single space MLA. More mad. You let him do it on the computer? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Because on the computer, I can track your search history. So if you copy the pages up from a source, uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, we're not doing it. Look, we can do it. You're gonna literally make a paper. When you're getting a pen and paper, you're gonna sit right here. And when you're done, I'm gonna read it. Read it. <laughs> You're going to say right at the table. But it's just like, I just, I'm not saying there's not a time and place, but I'm just like, I think our generation of parents are like, ooh, is spanking really like the best thing? Mm-hmm. And I think spanking is one of those things that's like, when you look at it historically, like cultures that typically hit kids, those cultures were typically going through really rough time periods, really um, poor, may have been either enslaved or oppressed. Mm-hmm. And so, like, hitting was a form of keeping people in line so that they would not steer and maybe, like, get out of line with the oppressive group or mm-hmm. t- to just survive. But yeah. I'm just like, is this something we should actually continue to do? Probably not. Because when you spank somebody, you're just, it's like a conditioning. Like, you're just conditioning your child. To like, not I do that. Mm-hmm, but it's not really fixing the issue. And it's going to cause them to be more sneakier. Yeah, that's exactly what it does. So, the research I've seen this week, it's like, all it does is teach them, oh, I can't either, A, I can't do that, but not know why, or B, mm-hmm. I can't do it, but I've got to hide it. Mm-hmm. It does not actually teach them the why behind and, like, yeah. the possible ramifications of doing something. Mm-hmm. And, like, why are people a little too eager to spank, yeah. to me? Yeah. And people be look, acting like they look forward to spanking their kid. They're imagining your children they're going to have one day. I'm like, why are you, like, salivating at the idea of spanking your child? Like, I turned out fine. I'm like, did you? Yeah, if you're saying that, you might need to do some little, some internal work. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I, as someone who loves to learn people and, and children too and their feelings and how they process it. Because at the, at the, I went to a wedding yesterday and <laughs> it was um, one of the kids, because I came dressed very masculine. Like I had like a do rag on and just, you know, lounge clothes, like nothing crazy. And then when I got dressed, I was very like femme presenting. I had the earrings, the high heels. And you know, I've I've this is, I've been asked a lot of this when it comes to children. Like, are you a boy or a girl? And it's just hilarious on how they like process things mm-hmm. and like they're so serious about their question. Like they're not trying to like poke Be offensive. Fun. Like they're they're, they're really like because like, they're learning the world. Mm-hmm. Like you dress this way and you dress this way. I'm like I'm a girl, but I, I just you know when I. When it does come to like children, I am gonna be excited to have those conversations and really get to just to know how their mind works 
and how they think how they think in their own way yeah. so I think I'm excited for those those future conversations <laughs> yeah but I get you I think like it's one of those things of like you can't really like you can be as idealistic like it's just something I'm not trying to be at all it's like because as soon as you're like I'm going to be this I'm going to be great in this area of parenting mm-hmm. your child's going to be like I'm going to be absolutely crazy in this area and I'm going to test you in this area. So, like, being idealistic is so... Like, there's a difference between having standards you want to hold yourself and your children to and being, like, mm-hmm. pedestal, having an idealistic fairy tale. There's something... there. There's a fine line between those two things. Yeah, you're going to disappoint yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I like some people like, I'm going to make all my baby food from scratch. I'm like... Mm-hmm. There's going to be some days you're like, we getting this little to-go thing and mm-hmm. we're going to keep it moving. Oh, and I was talking to her yesterday and she's like, and she was like, I thought, I was not allow him to eat McDonald's, but she says there's some type of show with, like, the McDonald's arches in it. Oh, that he won. And he's just, like, he loves talking, like, seeing the McDonald's arches. And she says, so, oh. I'm like, it's a frequency thing. He doesn't eat it every day. He doesn't no. even eat it every week. I'm like, or even every other week. I'm like, it's fine. Do they still do the toys at McDonald's? Yeah, and she was like, it's just, like, him getting the box and the toy, and, like, he likes the whole experience. experience. So they do it every now and again. But I'm like, it's a frequency oh. thing. Rather than be like, we will never do this. You're like, oh, okay, maybe it's frequency. How often yeah, do do it? it's not just the food. And I, yeah. I love how when it when it when it comes to children, they enjoy the experience of just like the simplest things. Right, and that's <laughs> the thing with food for me too. Is like I'm like, some stuff is just not. M and M's are great. I love I like having M and M's every now and again. But like I'm not gonna have my child eat M and M's every day or even every week. But I'm like. But am I going to be like, you can never have M&M's? No. Because what that's going to create is probably an eating issue and then a child will gorge when they have it. But that applies to various different areas of parenting. It's like, give yourself grace because you're going to be tired sometimes. And then also, it's just like, it's, it's not that serious every now and again. It's really not. It's, it's, like, are good though. it's really not that, it's not that serious. Yeah, I know we as adults, we make things sometimes harder than it really has to be. Yeah, because we expect this idea of perfection. That's a, like that's the American parenting thing. Like I've heard people who are parents from like Europe, they're like, I come to America, they're like, it's just so weird. They're like, y'all parents so oddly. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, they're like, a kid's a kid. Kids are allowed to be out in public. Kids are a part of the community and society. And it's just like, it's just weird. They're like, it's just the behavior around children, and then also the high, high expectations of ch- children in terms of emotional regulation and they're just like it's just the way y'all parent is like parenting an employee versus parenting your child like you're trying mm. to get your child to become yeah. an adult so quickly and independent of you so quickly that it's just like it's so weird in other countries and you didn't enjoy that experience of really being a parent yeah and then they're like and the kids don't really get to play y'all are hovering over them watching them play let them play and you go with your friends to another room like they're like, it's just the way y'all parent is very odd. They're like, it's mm-hmm. not like acting along with a child to be a child. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I think that's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's fair. That's a fair criticism. No, I I agree. Like, it's just, it's just very, very interesting how we parent children. And we're very adamant. We're not going to do this the same way. We end up just doing it the same like, way. And it's, just, <laughs> and it's just like, there are things that I feel like you have to take stock of what was done well with you. Mm-hmm. And then things of like I would want to change here, and there's some stuff that's in between. It's like oh, let's just see how how it goes, and then go from there. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, 
I feel like parents have a tendency to hold themselves to this thing of perfection because partially because there's very little support, communal support mm-hmm. for families or for people with children. And I mean that in the sense of people are just so odd to me sometimes when it comes to children in public. It's just like, excuse me. Like a child should not be screaming for hours of flight. <laughs> but like at the same time, like you can't go on a flight and not expect a child to cry. If the child cute. Like, like they're gonna cry, somebody's gonna end up crying for a bit, the parent probably already feels bad trying to calm them down. Mm-hmm. But at the same time I'm like, what could you do as an adult? Yeah. Right? Probably noise canceling earphones would be a good investment. Mm-hmm. Or like it's just watching it's just seeing like the lack of support there is in the sense of people actually hanging out as like how do I say this in a way that makes sense when I see people like I don't know how am I trying to say this I just find it interesting like in the communities of color in other countries or even in like Europe like you'll see families don't live too far from each other so like Mm -hmm. there is that community like family generational support but here it's almost like mm-hmm. the nuclear family is like obviously something that's important, but it's like that's above everything else. And then extended mm-hmm. family is like no one else should raise your child in your my opinion unless you were sick or dying or something like that. But it's just like the support is very interesting mm-hmm. in how it works. I'm not talking about my situation. I'm just talking about just watching other people and like mm-hmm. what they've been through. Like. <laughs> It's just really was very thin. Like, yeah. there's really no support. There's really no support. There's really, like, no desire to have community. I don't know. I think what I'm trying to get at is, like, the sense of independence that is so American is probably to our detriment sometimes. Yeah, everything, everything is, we have to get it on our own. Mm-hmm. We have to do this. We have to do that. We can't ask for help because we're this and this. And it's like, you're going to need help. You're going to burn out. <laughs> sometimes you are just going to get dropped off. And I just, like, <laughs> but it's just... Yeah this lack of community that I think even extends outside of parenthood but just also in terms of understanding community because I feel like I have a very super I'm more hyper independent and that's something I'm trying to understand and like unpack why I think that is just a very American trait to be very like I'm very independent I can do this on my own I'll figure it out I will like whatever it takes and then other cultures are like yeah I can figure it out but also I know this person and it's just you're making it harder than it has to be Yes. It's just like, you spent three years doing this when you could have got that answer two weeks ago. <laughs> like, it was in two weeks time for three years ago. Like, yeah. I just, I think the, I think that's one thing I find interesting is like, the lack of community and like, American cultures that are not immigrant-based is very interesting. <laughs> I don't like it. Like, and, and I, I'm not like a hyper-independent person, but I know I am a very independent person. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that you know how to do stuff on your own. I think that's great, but at the same time it's like it's okay to reach out for help and, and that's something i'm trying to do better with when it comes to my job because once i was just sit in the claim for an hour i'm like i should have asked for help eight minutes ago <laughs> but I, something that's just i just really want to make sure i've done everything i did in my power myself before and reaching out for help <laughs> and when it comes to you and a little person that may not be the best idea yeah <laughs> so very interesting this was not supposed to be a parenting episode yeah, at all. We were supposed to talk about Kiki Palmer and talk about um, the violence 
femicide and black violence against black women, which we will talk about. But this is not supposed to be a great episode at all. But I feel like it was good to discuss. It was a good episode because children do teach you a lot about who you are as a person because they're from you. Like the apple does not fall from the tree, fall from the tree a lot of times. So it's just kind of like, oh, they did this because I did that, or. It's just interesting kind of seeing like a mirror of yourself to an extent. Exactly. So. I don't know if you guys have, like, how would you guys parent? What are some things that you feel are non-negotiable when you become a parent? Or if you are one, what are some areas you want to flex? What have you learned about being a parent? Let us know. Um, Be sure to follow us on Instagram at stateofus underscore pod. And we will catch you on the next episode. I'll be doing a solo episode for that one so I can catch up. Alright, bye all.